I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you have something to say as a brand, if you're not just producers of something that try to push it to market, but there is a reason why you're doing it, uh, then Metaverse should be the place for you because you can finally, without any limitations, present uh, what that um, universal meaning is. Hey, how are you? Hi, hi, Peter. I'm very well. How are you? I hope you're good. I'm really good. I'm looking forward to this one because, like, we've we've been chatting for a little while, right? We've chatted first. I think we met on Lunch Club, and then we've been doing bits and bobs in between. And I'm stoked by the work that you guys do, uh, and I'm also really interested because I've seen a lot of traction at the moment about people inquiring, uh, making those tentative first steps as to what the metaverse is. So this episode will be tailored around that. But I guess before we dive into the specifics of uh, the ABCs of a metaverse, let's dive into kind of a little bit about who you are, what you do and why. All right. So it's interesting that every time somebody asks this, uh, I come up with something different. And so I'm, I'm testing a little bit. But I am Stefano Marrone. I define myself as a, a visual storyteller. And I've been telling stories visually in film, animation, uh, and uh, recently in XR. So the, the group that you know contains VR and AR and, uh, and also mixed reality in comics uh, and uh, all the visual firms that um, that tell a story. Uh, I'm a partner in Uni9, who is a uh, a fantastic place uh, to work at uh, and be a partner of. It's a global production organization. We partner with uh, different types of uh, brands and, and agencies all over the world. We have offices here in New York, where I'm talking from, Los Angeles, London, Berlin, and in Poland. And uh, I'm also an executive director on uh, a couple of other companies like uh, Book on a Tree. And I'm lucky enough to be a speaker and a lecturer as a guest lecturer mainly for a number of universities. So everything that mixes creativity and technology to tell a story. That's what I'm passionate about and what I had the luck to turn into a job. Yeah, so tell me about a little bit more about storytelling and what drives that passion. It's interesting because, uh, you know, it, when I have to talk about storytelling, it seems to me that it's a little bit about a fish having to talk about water. You know, it's one of those things that you've always done, that you've always been passionate about, uh, and you don't even question the fact that that's something that you know might be peculiar about you but then you know the more i interact with other people the more i realize that i uh, i know a hell of a lot about storytelling but you know since i was a kid i was always passionate uh, about uh, two things drawings and stories and i would you know ingest stories in any type of way but comics films uh, 
people telling anecdotes and so on and so forth. Uh, and then I, I really knew that what I was seeing on screen or what I was uh, reading, that's what I wanted to, uh, to be part of, you know, one way or another. And so I, I've always kept an eye on, uh, on stories of all kind. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that at a certain point, I guess I had the intuition that these little things, little snippets of narration that I was exposed to were never sort of as uh, small as, uh, as, as you thought. It was like there's something here, there's something more. And so I started reading not only, you know, more and more stories, but also about stories. And has been like a, a red thread for my life uh, in my choice of studies, in, in my choice of research, uh, but more importantly, in, in the choice of things that I'm sort of like personally working on and trying to uh, to go deeper in. Uh, and at the moment, uh, really, I guess that there is a lot of, uh, you know, men as the storytelling animal is one of my passions uh, uh, at the moment, because I always had that uh, um, sort of unsure intuition. And now... I'm very happy to have found enough book that confirmed <laughs> and <laughs> enough research to confirm that uh, it's not this airy fair little thing, storytelling, but it's really the way in which we shape uh, our own brain. And uh, it really, you can say the storytelling makes us human, you know, and uh, I can I can speak about that at length, but this is like uh, uh, one of those things that makes me very happy that something that you intuitively understand as a kid as then a real you know, foundation uh, um, in uh, adult science and uh, and everything that makes something worth being interesting for other people as well. Yeah, I remember in one of our many chats, you, you introduced me to an amazing book that I'm reading at the moment by Will Starr called The Science of Storytelling, which if anybody's listening to this, like definitely go and pick that book up because it's phenomenal. But if you kind of look at storytelling as a whole, it's about connection, right? Where we are at the moment, like people want connection. People are looking to new formats and looking to new areas and it's about connect, connection and engagement. And that kind of whole connection piece brought me into the idea of um, wanting to do an episode around the metaverse because there's a lot of narrative at the moment, almost like people in the early days of like Facebook and the internet and like not really knowing what is the metaverse and and kind of what this actual scope and size and scale and what kind of new frontier is available to people. So I remember reading an article that you guys actually wrote um, a, a little while ago called uh, Welcome to the Metaverse, um, Everything You Need to Know About the New Frontier for Brand Experience. And I thought, man, this would be a perfect time to get Stefano on the call and we can dive into it in a little bit more detail. So the floor is yours. Awesome. Well, there are so many aspects about that. And, you know, feel free to interrupt me and ask questions. Uh, the thing that I find quite interesting is that, uh, as you say, we are in um, in an early phase. You know, we are at the moment where people are observing something. And there is, um, I think it was Umberto Eco that used to say that when there is a revolution, a, a technological, you know, very big revolution, the world divides themselves into two categories. There is the apocalyptic people that say this is well in the word and this is terrible and things are gonna you know go down and we're all gonna be closed in our room and everything will be you know dreadful and nothing will be real and then there are the hyper integrated people that are like this is the new dawn uh, of um, uh you know everything for humanity and stuff like that and it's almost like you're either one or the other and there's almost nothing in the middle and uh i think it's important for us as um you know, professionals and people analyzing this type of phenomenon in uh, a somewhat, um, I don't want to say a scientific way, but at least uh, uh, in a way that is measured 
to to remember that the tendency will be either or you know are we apocalyptic or are we integrated so that said uh, you know there are as many definitions of uh, of uh, I was thinking about it yesterday knowing that I would talk to you uh, and I said oh, what's the metaverse you know and how do I describe it and then I I remember that I read this very nice book about uh, marketing called the anatomy of humbug that is basically trying to find what marketing is by giving all the description that have been given to marketing in the last uh, you know 100 years and uh, it's uh, I think that we'll have the same thing with the metaverse at the moment so one thing uh, you know according to that article but I you know I I, I espouse to is uh, what's what's the metaverse? It's uh, either a platform or a series of platforms that will allow to fully immerse users and and, uh, and everyone really that has access to you know, this platform to what we call an alternative digital world. You know, and importantly, there is a strong aspect of uh, an hybrid uh, of the physical and digital in this experience. So the the difference between this because you can say, okay. I have access to a digital platform. It's called the internet. I just you know go there uh, with my connection and go around. Yes, but what we are in a way reclaiming uh, through the metaverse is this mix of physical and digital in our experience. You know, we've been our avatar uh, until recently was a little arrow, slightly angled arrow on a screen, clicking things and stuff like that. If you think about that, you know, ninety nine percent of our engagement or interaction was that and then we we got a little bit closer with touch screen and then that arrow you know was not necessary was actually our finger but from that to a full experience where we feel that uh, uh, as many as our senses as possible and uh, uh, as as much as our uh, environment as possible is somewhere else in an in, in an alternative world in an alternate reality you know, there's a long way to go from it. So in a way, I think that the what the metaverse is doing is fulfilling a promise that was, a you know, an intuition of uh, of what internet could be. And that's why there is quite a lot of connection with the idea of Web3, you know, and yeah. that's just to, just, just to make it a little bit more complex. I think that from a, you know, number of terms and, uh, and uh, syntax, there will be, it will be a mess for a for a bunch of years, and then we will settle on stuff that we all agree on. <laughs> you know, but but that's why it's so nice the term that you know, like new frontier. People are learning, they're understanding, they're figuring things out. So you know, we see things like NFTs, for example, and there's loads of creativity in that space. Like I saw you guys did some NFTs as well recently. So there's there's a lot of interesting creative innovation that's taking place. But I think it's those first kind of initial steps into this hybrid world, this kind of merger between physical and digital, because it's been driven by, if you look at Gen Z's and you also look at how people consume content today um, with the likes of Fortnite or or whatever, there's, there's that merger between the two realities, really. And this is an exciting moment for brand, because if you kind of look at things like, I don't know, like digital fashion, for example, then I remember reading an article a while ago in my days back at EA, when we talked about skins and avatars and, you know, like the additional in, in-game purchases for, like, put it simply, like people's clothing that you wear is like the currency that you play. I remember reading a, a Nielsen article a, a little while ago that actually said that the um, 
loot boxes and avatar skins is set to reach a staggering 50 billion by the end of 2022. Whether whether it actually hits that number is is a different thing, but it's intriguing in respect to mm. how it's been embraced by a brand. I've seen like Gucci jump on board into bits and pieces of what they're doing. And yeah, it's an exciting new frontier, right? I think that the, the interesting thing there, you know, you touch among um, many aspects, but one thing that uh, is rarely... I think highlighted is this. And uh, I, I find it interesting when you talk about fashion, because let me put it like this. I think that, you know, humans long for self-expression of uh, of some sort. And uh, they do that uh, in order to, you know, affirm themselves uh, as individuals. But there is also an element of, uh, if you want, uh, belonging to groups. Uh, so there is a, a tribal aspect into it. Uh, and I, I, one thing that I find quite interesting is that every time that there is a, a new type of like, uh, you know, revolutionary type of like shaking the the ground uh, innovation, you have all these like little tribal behaviors happening here and there. So if you go back, this like shows my age, but if you if you go back to the time of, let's say, early-ish internet, and then you had uh, IRC that like were, were those chats and stuff like that, and then MSN uh, a little bit later, that that's like uh, okay. That that was the way in which you did your your little tribes, and I find it very interesting that now what we have is the equivalent of that is happening with the various Discord groups of people that are connected to each type of project. is is a way for you to say, hey, I belong to this. This is my tribe. I express where I stand in order, like being part of this uh, uh, of this group. Uh, but to 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 go back to the fashion, a big aspect of self expression is fashion, right? You choose what to wear. I find it very funny when people are like, oh, yeah, I don't care about clothing and whatnot. Even not choosing what to wear is a choice, you know, uh, and, uh, and and you're making a statement by, you know, not caring. It means that you think that this aspect of expression is not uh, is not important. There is a, a very fun, I think it was Habermas, that um, it's a semiotics scholar that said, you cannot not communicate. No matter what you do, you, you're passing on a message. And uh, one thing with this expression of um, of yourself in in a virtual world, I think we'll make the connection. But I think that we all agree that this world cannot keep consuming as much as it is, you know, from a from a you know point of view of sheer amount of stuff. And uh, and we've all seen what fast fashion fast fashion has done. So in a way, what we have is this uh, digital speed that has been applied to the real world. Um, and I think that uh, if we're lucky, we're gonna see fast fashion in the real world as a, a momentary trend that was then moved to the metaverse and uh, and the different digital world where finally you can spin this you know the speed at which you decide to change and express yourself uh, without necessarily having to do more damage on an environmental scale and uh, and I think that's such an important thing that we really don't take for granted uh, and you know you were talking about gen z and we know how how much they care about conscious choices of consumption, you know, we don't know enough about Gen Alpha uh, at the moment, but I'm pretty sure that it will be frontline, you know, from from their point of view. And for me, this is a thing that uh, you were mentioning, Gucci. It would be the way in which people make a choice and say, "I can buy this one thing for uh, that is low quality for you know half of a season and." Uh, and pollute the hurt a little bit more, or I, well, I'm hanging out with my friends uh, on this virtual words, can decide to express myself every week in a different way. And uh, hopefully uh, people would choose the latter because uh, it's uh, more convenient uh, and, you know, importantly, more sustainable. 
Yeah, exactly. And I'm really intrigued when you kind of talk about expression because like, you know, you, you mentioned expression and tribes and I, I think we could, should dig into that a little bit more because I remember when I was growing up and I was like massively into like Nirvana and stuff and, you know, I'd, I'd wear kind of stuff aligned to Nirvana because I'd, I'd, I'd have that black t-shirt that everybody has and um, you'd be out and, you know, then you kind of progress through your teenage years and you may like fall into another like interest group or tribe. And, you know, you mentioned comics at the beginning, like these kind of groups of people coming together towards a version of of gathering of community is really intriguing because at the very crux of the metaverse, you are building tribes of communities. And that is really empowering because, you know, like in respect to things that people stand for and believe in, I've said it numerous times, so I'll say it again. People aren't buying into what you do. They buy why you do it. And that whole why is really, really interesting. And and it's shifting everything. Like the whole landscape that we see in front of us now is a very different landscape that we saw from a number of years ago. And whilst we're not maybe ready for like the Ready Player One level quite yet in, to, in respect to mass adoption, there's like I've got an Apple Watch on here, for example. This is like a first initial transition into like the utilization of technology into our lives. So ultimately we've changed you either are preparing for the change that's coming by educating yourself and building knowledge and, and expression and learning and supporting others to do the same. Or as time goes by, like when Facebook came in and like, you know, my gran, for example, wouldn't, was like, what the hell is this crap? And then all of a sudden, like a couple of years later, she's using it to communicate. With she's using it, right? Uh, because it's like, this is what or the only place where the pictures of my grandchildren are, you know? And uh, and I think that that's a uh, you know such an interesting thing that uh, it's all bullshit until enough people use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let, let me put like I'll give you two funny examples that went that came to mind as you were speaking. One is that during the Victorian era, there were a lot of people saying that uh, the feeble frame of women was not made to travel at the monstrous speed of fifty miles per hour on a train because their uterus will be detached from their body and fly out in the air and uh, uh, they wouldn't be able to have children anymore. I'm, I'm shitting you not. So I find it quite fascinating that a lot of people that are incredibly critical will maybe 10 years from now, every every day, you know, get uh, into their meta avatar and go to do their job <laughs> in their virtual world. Uh, I was reading today a little bit of, uh, of an article where a lot of people were complaining about the look and feel of some of the plot or some of these platforms, and um, it's uh, quite fascinating to me how you know there is a moment where you need to accept that something is uh, um, using uh, you know gaming or app uh, language and an open beta. At the moment, everything in in the metaverse is uh, is an open beta. You know, we're there, we're checking what's happening. Uh, we know it's not perfect. I have to say that the lack of imagination of so-called practical people never ceases to amaze me in a very sad way. I'm like, oh, I cannot see how this can possibly. And then it happens and, and suddenly it's fine. But I'm I'm incredibly saddened for these people. They're like, what has happened to you that your imagination was strangled and, and taken away and that you cannot make any effort or leap or or you know trying to understand how this could look now. But I think that to your point before, you know, when, when you think about people and the, uh, when they're ready to jump into this world, you're either going to accept that this is a moment uh, of transition and you're going to have fun enjoying the chaos and being experimental and knowing that things are not going to be perfect, 
or wait it out until it's good enough uh, and then you will come late to the party and you should not complain about the fact that it's costing a lot of money or that people have done other things mm-hmm. uh, that you wanted to do. And um, I, I'm observing with a keen eye the type of people that are criticizing this uh, this word uh, and seeing where they're going to switch. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and when they're going to say, oh, yeah, but, you know, I was just joking <laughs> type of thing. It's interesting. It's also the speed, like the, the thing is in reality, the, the speed of technological change is at such a higher higher and quicker pace than kind of societal change that in reality, this kind of merger between physical and virtual, it was bound to be, it was bound to happen because if you look at, I'm going to draw in one of my favorite movies of all time, but like if you look at The Matrix, for example, like that, mm-hmm. when did that come out? Like 1998? And that, that was kind of one of the first things that's, that showed like some of these kind of alternate realities, these parallels. And when you look at, you know, society and culture as a whole is often driven by the creative industries. So in, in respect to music or movies, and I mentioned it earlier in respect to my love of Nirvana, and I ultimately aligned myself to that tribe early, like early days. And it's more so like, I think we're probably just at that education piece. And this is probably why I wanted to have this conversation. There's a lot of people out there through some of the social media channels that I have. Um, I can see they're making the early steps into the new frontier to try and understand what it's about and why. And I just want to add a little bit of value and a bit more kind of detail to that debate, really. Totally. And, you know, it's interesting, as you, as I was saying before, and as you just mentioned now, this aspect of like, yeah, there is a element of confusion uh, and stuff like that. Uh, it, it, and, and that will be for, for a while. But th- there is a thing that I, that I like to say to people, you know, are you familiar with the concept of enabling technology, right? That there is a technology that is not just there with a super specific design intent if you want is there to make other people other, other things happen right and um and other people access the simple example that we have every day is electricity right i mean you, you electricity enables a truckload of things to happen in our life i think that there is when there is something new there is a um an incredible amount of people that want to go deep and understand how exactly something works but the reality of something is humans engage about uh, you know, for two reasons with with stuff, I always say, if it's uh, useful for them and if it is entertaining, you know, if you can do both, great. But um, it's like, do you know exactly how the banking system that allows you to pay with a touch credit card or with your Apple Pay or stuff like that works? I bet that if I start asking, you know, things in detail, 99% of the people that do use this daily, you know, including me, have no idea of the nitty gritty technicality of it, right? Uh, and the same thing is for electricity. You know, I know that there is a thing called alternate current that allows electricity to travel, you know, for longer distances. Zero. That's you know, that that's all I know. My point is, we should ask ourselves about the benefits. You know, what is this good for, especially as a brand? And uh, will it? You know, is this where people are gonna eventually you know hang out and uh, and do most of their engagement and i think that from a from a benefit point of view as a brand because you were mentioning brand there is one thing to really focus on and one is that this is at the moment attribution is one of the biggest problems for marketers right uh, and uh, you know there is a famous saying i know that that half of my marketing budget is wasted i just don't know which half you know the point is here imagine when people are engaging uh, in a in a full way in this virtual world or virtual words 
that you will have a single path to purchase where you can make sure that you can track all aspects of that experience and, and know where people are actually, you know, really gaining value and engaging in a meaningful way with your brand. So that's one thing that to, um, if you think about how fragmented the digital world is nowadays, I love the fact that we're going back to a human experience that is holistic. I, I think the one thing that we are doing is to apply Victorian way of thinking, uh, machinistic way of thinking, as if things are you know machines, to experiences that are holistic and are human. You know, so now we have everything. You know, this parading of, of the super expert, super separated. Your CRM is separated from your media buying. That is separated from your creative and stuff like that. And then lo and behold, a there are a lot of gaps. Where it's like, oh, we don't know how to connect these things. And, you know, there are a lot of businesses that are trying to fix that. And um, B, you have very few people with an holistic vision. Come to the metaverse. You need to have an holistic vision. And if you don't, it will show. It will show how, you know, this uh, this sucks, you know, as a whole. So brands that have that vision as a whole will be uh, rewarded. And I think that people that are still applying modern uh, slash uh, old school uh, vision to a postmodern world will be severely punished. And I can't wait for that. L let's say that I don't rate people that cannot uh, uh, take a step back and, and, and look at an holistic vision because that is taking responsibility and, you know, apply imagination. But but that's that's about that's where we should be looking in respect to taking accountability because it, it, so much benefits for brands in respect to versatility, like to to align themselves with the not just the speed and pace of cultural change, but equally um, provide innovation and creativity and a, a certain element of brand control in respect to what they want to put out there. That's that's like utilization of some of these like spaces now to create new and inventive content. If you're looking for brands that you you're inspired by, it's those that are willing to kind of take the first steps into new and promised lands. And you know, like you don't need to get it right every time. Like those that kind of sit and try and have the perfect solution for everything generally are the ones that fail. So you want to kind of you, you do want to keep it keep it on brand without having like um a dilution of like what your values are, what your beliefs are, what your goals are. But it takes work, right? And it takes internal work as well. So that's, I think that I want to recognize is like, especially if you have a multi-brand situation, very big organization, I can only imagine the internal level of pain in order to break those silos, you know, and, uh, but, but that will be what's necessary. I think co-creation is such a bad name lately, you know, it's like, oh my God, I don't want to, you know, make people meddle with my perfectly crafted experience. But the reality of it, again, if we zoom out and look back at history, we had a very short time of total control over our media, you know, and what we were able to say, all this linear stuff. All you have to do is go back to how people used to tell stories in the past and you had a guy around the fire and if the audience was yawning, it will say, okay, I'm going to move on. This bit of the story is not interesting. I'm going to tell you a different one or I'm going to you know, tweak things a little bit. And, uh, you know, humans have been that adaptive, uh, you know, quick and uh, incapable of evolving uh, for a long time. And then we had a relative brief parenthesis of what, 500 years, you know, from when the books started appearing where like this is it it's set in stone you know and and we started doing things like that with films and then lo and behold people are like oh we need something interactive interactive is not oh it's not new interactive is human you know we just had a period of time in which technology was not 
as advanced to allow for things to respond in real time. But humans do that, you know, they keep uh, they, they keep doing that with each other all the time. And that's why interesting things happen when groups of people get together in real life or in virtual life. It doesn't matter. Nothing good comes out of uh, isolation uh, in a sense and uh, and just isolation. You know, we need to be able to be human and tell those collective stories together. And if brands want to take advantage of that and be relevant to people's life, they have to get in uh, into into this fluid world and accept that um, they are owned uh, as an idea in the mind of people. And there is uh, an element of control, as you call it, brand control. But the tightly you grasp, the less of that control you will have. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, and I think you've also, we're missing a, a, an essential word in respect to branding and also the, the shift that we're seeing at the moment. A lot of it comes down to convenience. If we are able to interact or create spaces or areas where we can build up tribes and communities and we can kind of share that kind of narrative for whatever it is that we're wanting to do and build grow and potentially change like the convenience piece plays a a huge opportunity Mm -hmm. in respect to how technology has been able to grow at an exponential rate versus like the speed of societal change and it's because like convenience like look at apple and look at why people pick up and continue to buy apple phones because they're really at that premium friendly. price, yeah, and, and you know, price is insane. They should bring it down. <laughs> but <laughs> but the um, we we all end up having things like Apple phones or whatever because of convenience. Because it's um, it's really user friendly, and we get you know 
used to a form of, of, of a product that we, we like and enjoy. And I think, you know, the same goes for things like the metaverse in respect to convenience. It's like how we ultimately re- will be able to potentially meet, interact, play, browse, make, um, have performed transactions. It's all in one place. And I think that like, yeah, we've talked about the the fostering and the growth of a tribe and 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 the why because you know you can strengthen global bonds like um, in in respect to how you can build out relationships. But equally, convenience is going to be massive. Like you mentioned yeah. a little bit previously about wanting to know the finite detail about how like a, a you know like a, a transaction is performed. We reality is when we have that technology available to us, we don't want to know about what how it's performed. It allows us rather than kind of pulling out our wallet and looking for a a, a card, we can just literally go bop with our yeah. phone and, and just and pay. you know it, the reality this is I, I find it so interesting that you say it because what people long for and what they really long for is the equivalent of magic. You know, we don't say it, but we we want you know for people to read our minds and for the power of our thoughts to ch- to change reality. You know, the closest thing to it uh, is like to do some gestures uh, and something happens. Now, the second that we live in these worlds and when we, uh, some of our gestures will, uh, uh, you know, equate to, let's say, a purchase or or something that makes a difference. Well, that is where, you know, we we fulfill that human wish of like we want things to happen as if by magic, you know. And then there will always be experts that make that better behind the scenes and stuff like that. But we're talking about consumers here and um, what 99% of the population uh, wants to access, you know, in a way. So you, you're, you're spot on in, in terms of... Uh, um, of convenience, and that's the, one of the big challenges nowadays, right? You have the ad set, the ad set is heavy, the ad set is expensive, you have to put it on. There are two things there to consider. One is metaverse doesn't equal a virtual reality ad set, right? You can access it, uh, and you can access some you know, uh, experiences or a lot of experiences from your browser. You can do uh, many of them from your phone. Augmented reality and mixed reality are part of it. Uh, so I think that the second and then we will get a rather affordable headset uh, or an affordable mixed reality device uh, like uh, you know goggles or or glasses that have a, a layer on top of reality will silently all be in the metaverse without even thinking about it you know i think that that's one of the biggest barriers at the moment but it shouldn't worry us because we know that it's going to get cheaper and it's going to get more accessible and more people will jump on it um, but to your point, uh, the, the interesting thing is that the people that complain about the fact that this thing doesn't look as good as it could really don't think about accessibility. I mean, at the moment, we really have to work for the lowest common denominator in terms of internet connection speed and uh, you know hardware and what people have. So, of course, it doesn't look like your later PS5 super optimized game. It doesn't because it well, it doesn't need to first of all, and I. And that's a thing that uh, uh, I'm sorry, like today I'm merciless towards people without imagination. <laughs> Hyperrealism doesn't have the value that people think it has. It really doesn't. You know, if you want to, you can be, a, you know, very specific about it. But uh, I think that the the actual amount of uh, of um, HD, super HD uh, capability of our eyes is the size of a thumbnail, right? Um, and there is an experiment you can do. You put your your hand in front of you, like I'm doing now, you look at a thumbnail 
And uh, that's how big your super focus can be. And if you pay attention to your peripheral vision, you can easily, easily see that is nowhere near as detailed as you're focusing on your thumbnail. It's the last refuge of people with no uh, imagination that eventually will all work with avatars. I mean, these are the same people that say that emojis were stupid and now send messages that are all emojis to their friends. That's, yeah, exactly. And in, and it's even it's you know even if you look at um, how we engage with clients and stuff now, like if you just jump on. Yeah, I mean, like, I put a smiley face in emails yeah, now. I'm, I wouldn't have dared. I'm forever putting emojis on because it's a it's another way of interaction <laughs> and engagement, but. Like you see it on, you know, that that kind of change. It's just interesting because it's not necessarily something we should just look at and maybe go into the finite detail like we have here. We've kind of probably delved a little bit deeper than we needed to be. It's more so about the fact that it is just another form of human evolution. And where we are now, it's from a creative stance, it was it it's inevitable that we were going to make this venture because like, and it's important for brands to really use this moment of like it's almost like a sandbox right where where you're just playing and figuring stuff out use this moment to actually create the foundations lay the foundations for what you want in respect to your brand your business and what the future may hold and it also we we talked about purchasing like it can be a single pathway for purchasing that makes it super easy you could you know from a creative stance which we're both like lovers of the craft when it comes to creativity it's it's just having new approaches. It's a, it's about being from especially from brands that are interested in the area and haven't haven't necessarily jumped in yet. It's just allowing greater levels of creativity, flexibility, control, personalization, and innovation from not only the people that work for them from in respect to a talent and just letting them thrive and grow and develop, but equally it's externally from a community stance in who those um, businesses ultimately serve and. It's again, it just comes around to evolution. This is, we, we've seen it culturally through movies, through music, through computer games, just anybody that's kind of wanting to see a real amazing bit of change. You, you want to look at what's possible now. Like you see things like League of Legends using VR in, in some of their like world championships, packed out stadiums. You see yeah, like the full of people looking at an experience uh, and, uh, you know, they're from all over the world, mm-hmm. you know? And when you say it's a packed, it's funny because it's a packed stadium in person at the, you know, comic convention or game convention where they are. But there is also a packed stadium virtually where people are from, from you know, all the corners of the world sharing an experience. We recently did a, a, a thing for Garena where we did a live concert uh, inside the game that was not only done in the game, but was also a live stream on YouTube with a certain level of interactivity uh, to, to augment the people. And we had, you know, hundreds of thousands of people looking at this thing. And uh, if you imagine what that would have taken in the real world to happen, impossible, you know, from a, uh, from a you know, budget timeline um, and, uh, and level of spectacle, simply impossible. And that, that's a, a thing that is quite important when people think, oh, why would I want to put on an headset to buy, you know, grocery? You don't want to do that. You know, it's an important thing in this aspect of metaverse to add a level of reality that is inconceivable, that is new, that is not possible in physical form. Because the reality of this is, you know, every time that there is a new technology, you should use it to access things that you couldn't before, you know? We think about movies. I mean, we don't see 
a shot by shot uh, type of, uh, of of movie that is exactly what would have happened in that situation. You know, we cut all the time. We use. Uh, not even go into special effects, but even just the way in which we tell a story uh, in such a synthetic way. Cinema started by just like, I'm going to shoot this you know, train coming and, and that's it. But then we immediately, very quickly evolved to something that was beyond our daily experience. And that's what's going to happen. Actually, you know, metaverse means that, you know, beyond the, the, the current universe. And um, yeah, will I do a virtual grocery from my house where I care about uh, if a you know box of cereal looks exactly the same as the one that I'm eating, no, I wouldn't. That's BS, you know. But, but you, wouldn't, you, know, you wouldn't need to. What what we'll end up doing on things like that is we'll just speak into something like uh, you know like Alexa. Yeah, and it's like get 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 me more Cheerios, you know, and uh, and that's it. <laughs> but then I will happily take the the Lucky Charms ride <laughs> uh, that makes me very happy, and then I connect that uh, with the fact that I'm eating Lucky Charms. I'm doing so much. Uh, you know, free advertising now, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like we said about convenience as being a, a big thing, but ultimately, you know, you can look at things like the metaverse or the rise of NFTs and like it's it's just a shifting again of consumer behavior. So in this kind of new frontier that we've talked about is it's ultimately, I guess, the most effective virtual brands and virtual businesses are those that will be able to offer like an experience, an outworldly environment and increase levels of participation of tribalism invoke invoke real deep rooted emotion so you, you did like a, a concert right so that was amazing how, how you kind of used maybe talk about that in a little bit more detail because kind of that is is showing people what's possible at this point in time to leave like not only a, a lasting impression on your audience but to like shift from that selling to emotionally engaging with people yeah, I, I mean, there is a bunch of things that we have done, uh, you know, and I have to say that we are quite grateful uh, of the fact that now this um, uh, umbrella term of metaverse has arrived because this type of interactions existed before, but now they're even more present. So, you know, the as I said, we, we did this uh, project called Battle in Style with the guys of Garena. And the idea there was simply, well, simply, it, it, it's, uh, it was like, how do we create them? An experience that lets the people that know and are a fans of um, um, that are fans of this of this game, but also that are fans of uh, uh, music, uh, get together and uh, you know everyone to the level of interaction that they enjoy. This was the most difficult thing because the, the reality is is that some people like to be inside the game because they're fame game fans. Some people like to just watch, and that's uh, if you think about the rise yeah, of Twitch, like Twitch. Yeah. and uh, yeah, insane you know levels of engagement there. It's uh, it's just like the difference between you know going and seeing a Yankees game and going and being a baseball pro player. Um, the, there is a big difference, but they both are passionate about the same thing. So what we ended up doing was uh, creating this um, concert that was choreographed uh, and where we basically did the. Uh, what is called performance capture, you know. So we got these performers to to wear their um, suits with all the different uh, uh, sensors on them, so that we could record their performance. And um, live, uh, the audience in the game could uh, basically decide and vote towards what the next part of their uh, performance would be. So that's uh, that that's an interesting uh, engagement there, where basically you could decide. That what type of uh, talking about fashion clothing uh, the the performer was gonna was gonna wear and what was gonna happen, but also 
we had a level of, uh, let's say, smaller interaction, you know, more minimal on YouTube, where this was live streamed, but depending on what was happening on YouTube and how people uh, would vote and click, uh, you would have other changes in the performance. So what you had uh, was the equivalent of a very big YouTube cheering crowd looking at what was happening and what was happening in this virtual context uh, and uh, people that were actually real people that performed, uh, you know, dance and singing in, uh, in a way that they wouldn't be able, you know, to do in real life with all these costume changes and stuff like that. But it was still them. It was their choreography. It was their, their voice. Um, they were not uh, fake, non-existent people. They were real performers. And then you had the gamers within the game that were more engaged to the level that they actually uh, like uh, um, like to be. And, you know, this is just an example about the fact that a lot of people, I guess, are scared about the fact that it's like, oh, do, does it mean that I will then be forced to enter a virtual world to do everything? And you just made the example. You don't, you don't need to enter a virtual world to get more, uh, you know, bleach. That We're solving that in other ways. But one thing that would be interesting is... Um, you, you will enter a virtual world to engage with a brand uh, if uh, uh, the cleaning products uh, want to show that they care about uh, a number of you know topics and causes that will align the consumer with them. To your point about why why people do things, and you know it's full nowadays of, of brands that are thriving on that why first, and those are the ones that should look at metaverses first and foremost. Because you know if I if I'm Tom Shoes and I want to show the positive impact of what I do, that would be a fantastic way to connect people. You know, Tony Chocoloni does a fantastic work in that sense with, a, um, you know, their packaging where, you know, what they stand for is written and they make clear what the, what the value chain of the creation of chocolate is. But, you know, that's the type of people that should really think if you have something to say as a brand, if you're not just producers of something that try to push it to market, but there is a reason why you're doing it, uh, then Metaverse should be the place for you because you can finally, without any limitations, present uh, what that um, universal meaning is, you know? Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's interesting because like people that may have listened to this podcast from like start to finish, you'll be like, that they'll have learned a lot, but they'll still probably leave with questions in their head. So I'm I'm wanting to... Well, I'm wanting just to say that like, we, it's not about knowing all the answers now, right? It's about ultimately just educating yourself on what's available. We can maybe wrap it around things like the three C's, like in the fact that the metaverse is ultimately about convenience, connection, and community. And if you can yeah. do that and, and brands realize that and people realize that, then you can you can be part of the Caesar change that's already on you now and kind of be a bit more proactive to the changes that's taking place around you and be kind of more galvanized by change rather than fearful of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued as to if you were chatting to somebody that that's maybe not come across metaverse or not, or has a little bit of knowledge or even like to our extent, like we're fairly, we're, we're pretty geeky, right? So we know a lot about the metaverse and what's taking place because it's, it's one of our passions, but what would you leave as a lasting message, key takeaway um, with our audience now that they could, they could kind of go and, and read something about or learn something about or, or as a whole, what would you say? I, I think that there are a lot of uh, the controversies or back and forth uh, or, or kind of stirring that happens nowadays is related to the fact that you have a bunch of people talking about something that they haven't experienced firsthand. You know? So my suggestion is go and try it, you know, try 
and don't try one. I would say try at least five metaverse experience. Uh, you know, they won't take more than 15 minutes each mm-hmm. um, and see how it feels. Because, uh, you know, I remember where people were like, what the hell is VR? This is not good. There's not a single client of mine that has tried some of our experience with a VR set in our office and stuff like that that doesn't say, wow, I get it now. The only people that are skepticals are, are the skeptical are the ones that are not willing, they cannot be bothered and stuff like that. And then you see this grown ass man, uh, you know, in, in, in a suit go back to that wonderment sense of childhood and having a lot of fun and then you know they become converts so my point is like yeah some of these experience will suck and uh, believe me there's plenty that suck so knowing that this is the the first steps knowing that this is an open beta try at least five things and uh, if if you don't see a speck of potential in any of them then drop it. Uh, but I, I really cannot see how, after trying a bunch of these things, you know, people uh, uh, can, cannot see where this could go. Exactly. That's a great way to finish. So thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely awesome. It was an utter pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Made podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Purpose Made wherever you normally get your podcasts to hear the latest news and views. You can also find and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter or contact Peter directly to connect, inquire about Purpose Made or request to be featured on the podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for another episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.